1: The Athletic.
2: Hello and welcome to Pod on the Tyne, your go-to Newcastle United podcast, brought to you by The Athletic. Coming up on this week's show... Miggie's goal greeted with warm reception. Newcastle fans head back to London for a showdown with Tottenham. And home comforts extended to Newcastle's women at St. James's Park. Yes, hello again, this is Pod on the Tine, I am Taylor Payne, and of course, I'm joined by the Athletics Newcastle United correspondent, Mr Chris Woff, and it's the triumphant return of our senior, 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 seniles.
1: You were about to say senile there, weren't you? <laughs> it was very
2: close, wasn't it? Oh, it was wow. so close. It's the triumphant return of our senior writer, George and George, how are you doing? You alright?
1: I'm, I'm right, I'm okay, yeah. Why is it triumphant as opposed to just fatula?
2: I don't know. Just seemed like a nice thing to say, as if we were Thank quite you. happy about the fact you were back.
0: Right, well that's very nice. And the
2: truth is, anything you but... won
0: the New York Half Marathon, didn't you? So you, you won that one. You've 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 won Paris now, and I've won New York.
1: No, no, you've missed out. I, I I run the Newcastle, oh, the New right, York sorry, Half. Sorry, I didn't. I, it wasn't. I, I I definitely didn't win. Uh, it was great though. I had a lovely time. Thank you for mentioning it last week. And yes, far more importantly, I saw my mum for the first time for. For Two years because of COVID, no, she lives no. over there, so we yeah, so it was a very emotional and uh, and great time. And in one thing, I did actually want to mention before we kind of get started, I went to watch the New York Knicks play basketball Go Knicks, go Knicks, uh, lose Knicks as they did. They always they've they've always lost when I've seen them, they're very Newcastle I think. Um, but it did it just sort of that that sort of stadium experience in America did make me. Think of a couple of things firstly they were selling nfts like nobody's business i saw that um liverpool have now started doing this these non-fungible tokens they were sort of advertising that within the stadium a lot at uh, madison square garden so i'm sure that's i'm sure that's on the way because usually where america leads the rest of us follow but the other thing was it was just that sort of fan experience inside the stadium and it is just so much better over there um in terms of, you know, I could get a New York beer if I wanted, I could get local food, um, you know, kind of all, all that sort of stuff, these tiny little um, merch sort of stalls, but, you know, get local produce, I can't wait for that to happen at Newcastle, I want that to happen at St. James's Park, I've said this before, but I'm saying it again.
2: See, I've never been sure about this whole sitting and eating food in your C12 as a game of football on because it's really hard to call a referee a wanker when you've got a mouthful of nachos, isn't it? You know what I mean? It just doesn't seem like it would work.
0: When you've got a Savaloy dip. A Savaloy dip. <laughs> now, now, this is different, Chris. This is a dip.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, I mean for the bit beforehand. I mean for the bit beforehand, like when you're in the concourses and things like that, uh, and having um, having a drink, being able to drink a local beer. Pint of number nine, pint of writer's block. That's what I would like to drink. And, you know, a Jodie Banger and a bun. Lovely stuff.
2: Chris, how are you? I feel like we haven't even said hello to you yet. How are you doing? You all right?
0: I'm all right. Yeah, I am actually down in London in our office, Ooh. which I'd never been to this new office. that Well, I say new. We've been in it since, I think, the midway through the pandemic. But the first time I'd be down it. So I am in like a weird podcast pod, I think it's called. Uh, and apparently, our producer says that I look like I'm in sort of East, some Eastern European sort of. <laughs> film because it's a very weird lighting that is around me at the moment so i feel i feel a bit feel a bit odd i feel a bit misplaced but equally no delighted to be chatting to the two of you
2: have you been invited down to london for a particular george just let's just clear this up is chris getting sacked
1: this afternoon is that what's happening um no such luck no such luck
0: well george was meant to be joining me and then you know as he usually does he decided he didn't want to sit next to me for three hours on a train so uh instead just yeah i'm here by myself
1: i couldn't face more travel Fair play. Nothing
2: wrong with that. Anyway, before we crack on chaps, just enough time to tell you about the latest offer from The Athletic. So you can subscribe to The Athletic now and get your first six months at just £1 a month. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod you'll get full access to all the great writing and analysis as well as ad free versions of all of the athletics podcasts but don't worry if you want to hear me and George talking about shaving your balls you can still listen to the adverts uh, on the other versions from the likes of Spotify etc so make your way to the athletic.com forward/ slash Newcastle pod and sign up now for six months at just one pound a month we'll be back in a sec Come on you Mackie's. Right, chaps, there's been no Premier League football for a little while, has there? But there has been some international action and a few injuries and a few appearances and a couple of goals and some records set. Chris, it's been a busy couple of weeks, even though there's been no Newcastle games.
0: It has, yeah. I mean, Newcastle have quite a few internationals involved in this. Well, I say quite a few. There's about half a dozen uh, first-team players who are often in national duty and i mean there has been a couple of of injury concerns in terms of players withdrawing from so obviously england played switzerland at the weekend and fabian share was expected to be involved but actually withdrew from the the switzerland squad he he's had a bit of a groin problem for a while he was obviously forced off in a game a few weeks ago and hopefully that is precautionary on that in that regard because he's one he's first choice defender for Newcastle. Him and Dan Byrne have struck up that successful partnership, hopefully. It's centre back at the moment. So he will be assessed this week, as will Martin Dubravka, who obviously is Newcastle's number one goalkeeper. He was away with Slovakia. He will not be taking part in their next friendly. And there's been a bit of confusion, I think, around exactly what is Going on with Mar there was some sort of concern, some rumors of of sort of angina and uh, sort of an issue in that regard. Having spoken to people, the suggestion is that actually he seems to have had a bit of a virus. He seems to have, have just been a bit down in that sense and uh, affected physically in that in that regard. And Sonia Castle are going to assess him this week, and we'll obviously get more from Eddie from that on Friday. But I don't think it is something there's necessarily as serious, or at least the indications are, it's not necessarily as serious as, as it seems to have been a little bit lost in translation when the Slovakia head coach has come out and said he's got an January, which obviously would be a concern, but it seems, hopefully, that, that that isn't the case. But still, the two of them have to be at least doubtful for, for, for Sunday. And, I mean, given that... Also, Bruno Gimoresh is not going to be back till later in the week. Megan Almiron's not going to be back later in the week. Chris Wood might not be back later in the week. Some of Newcastle's st- or players who you, w- you would either expect to start or have been starting in recent weeks aren't going to have trained much at all with, with Eddie Howe and the team going into Sunday and whether that affects team selection will be interesting to see.
2: Yeah, it's a slight concern, isn't it, George? Um, the Fabian Cher one's the one that worries me the most. He's struck up quite a good partnership with Dan Byrne, hasn't he? Going going forward, and um, it would be a shame if uh, if uh, an injury keeps him out.
1: Yeah, he's been outstanding. He has been outstanding. Um, obviously, been a, been a couple of disappointing results in, in a row, but yeah, Share um, and and Burn have been excellent together. So um, hopefully, hopefully, not too many changes at the back because you know, that has been a solid base during their very good run of results. Um yeah, good to see good to see Almiron score. Uh for Paraguay. I mean, he's come back into the team in the last couple of matches and I thought did pretty well at Chelsea. Um and, you know, certainly gave gave a gave tempo to the team. And no, what you you don't want after a long international break, which you would hope is a chance for people to kinda of get back to fitness, is to actually end up losing players. That would be um that would be difficult because um, it's um, it's a it's a it's a tricky run at this point. Another couple of um, difficult games ahead.
0: Alan first senior goal, first sorry competitive goal since uh, the sixth of February last year when he scored twice against Southampton. So that's that's important in that regard because he hasn't. I think I'm not exactly sure how many games it is for Nick. I think it's thirty odd games now for Newcastle. He's gone without scoring so. Uh, big big goal for him because he's he, he has worked very hard off the ball and he's had a couple of opportunities in recent games but actually that end product is what he hasn't hasn't quite had so hopefully it gives him a bit of confidence.
2: Well we were all delighted to see uh, Miggy score for Paraguay and it was a very smart finish as well um but we weren't quite as happy as the South American
3: commentators.
1: Pase
2: de Julian Ciso, la fortuna
3: y ahora el gol de Miguelito Almirón para pensar en un nuevo proceso para que este jugador de la Premier League tenga confianza buscando
2: lo que tiene que ser una presión.
1: I would just love, I would love Martin Tyler to do that, you know, once. <laughs> you know, it's just like a regulation. Really, my God, he's still going. Um, he's still going, George. Um, just to to respond to a Premier League goal like that
3: would be amazing God almighty well that's all we've got
1: time for this week Uh, (laughs) join us next time on (laughs) Bottom of Time when we'll actually talk about uh, Almiron's goal
2: just to give you context for that goal that was to put Paraguay three 0 up in a dead rubber. You'd think the World Cup, the waves going on, three wow. <laughs> 0 up in a dead rubber game, and he goes on like that. Well, maybe, That's maybe incredible. Maybe
1: maybe not. I applaud
2: the enthusiasm, haven't you? Come on. Uh,
1: yeah, maybe not even my Tyler. I want Matthew Raisbeck to do that next time. Uh, next time Newcastle <laughs> score a goal. Can, can you can imagine? You
2: imagine John Anderson just doing that.
1: staring, staring at him, ando <laughs> staring at Raisa. What, what are you doing? Uh, but what a goal I mean what an amazing goal that can only possibly have been
2: I haven't seen the goal It must have been the best <laughs> goal ever scored by anyone in the history of football I mean it, it, was, a, it
0: was a tidy finish But it wasn't <laughs> a tidy finish
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Tidy finish Wow God Tremendous, Absolutely
0: tremendous.
2: Yeah, well, In other positive news as well uh, This happened last week after we'd recorded uh, But before we published the podcast Congratulations to Chris Wood New Zealand's record goal scorer Fantastic achievement, Chris.
0: It is. I mean, uh, New Zealand are still on course to try and qualify for the World Cup as well. I mean, it's a really convoluted process, I think, that they go through. So they now have another match before this podcast will go out, I think, where they then if they win that, they then have another qualifier, fr- qualifying round, I think, against an Asian team in, in a few months' time. But for Chris Wood personally, he has helped them along the way. And yeah, he's moved into 30-odd goals now for New Zealand. They're an all-time top goal scorer. A magnificent achievement. I mean, Eddie Howe commented about it out in Dubai as well and basically said he would ideally like Chris Wood to be out with them in Dubai and practising with them, but still, in terms of for him personally, to have broken that mark and to have set the record for his country, absolutely wonderful, yeah.
2: It's a hell of a record. Just, just to compare the two, though, this is the audio from Chris Wood's goal. New Zealand, Chris Wood, about to make it four, and he's broken the goal-scoring record for New Zealand... He's moved past Vaughan Coventry.
1: He's the outright leader now. Chris Wood two on the night for New Zealand, and he makes it three 0 I mean, that's that's the equivalent of just you know trotting back to the centre circle and shaking hands with the captain, isn't it? That,
2: that commentary. That's just not the same, is it? I'm getting, <laughs> it? It, I'm detecting a hint of Berry in that New Zealand accent from that commentator as well.
1: I know. I was <laughs> expecting a bit of flight <laughs> of the concords or something there, but there was nothing, was there? Nothing. Oh just- man. Pure pure Preston.
0: Did he say touch wood made in his interview after afterwards Fuck so That fact, is the Touchwood
2: Touchwood mate. If he'd be great if he could bring that back to back to Newcastle and start putting the ball in the net, George, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, it was it felt very important that he got that goal at Southampton. You know, very good header. I mean, I think he's gone up and down in terms of his performances since then, but uh but no, that would be, you know, that's a couple of goals in his last four games so, or four or five games, so no uh, he, he he definitely needs that so yeah hopefully he can he can carry that on at spurs if he's available
2: absolutely and in other news as well bruno got a, an assist in a, a little short 10 minute cameo for brazil as well chris it's an interesting one he's uh, still uh, putting the putting the performances in for the national team how long before we see him and, and jolo here together in the brazil shirts in the middle of that midfield, it can't be long, can it?
0: It can't be. I mean, I wrote about this. The, gr- wrote... the
2: best midfielder in the world, George. Did you hear this last week? The best midfielder in the world, according to the stats at the minute.
0: Is that
1: right? Is that true?
2: No, I mean it's not true. Where is it? Obviously, it's hyper. Over, over
0: a certain period of time, though, he is he is ver- he is basically the best midfielder in the world. Thirty seconds, statistically, yeah. Th- well, when
1: nobody else was playing. <laughs>
0: But in terms, in terms, in terms of uh, of Bruno Gimrech, he came on and I think it's his last three, two or three games he's come on and, and provided an assist. Yeah, uh, another another nice. Uh, threw ball in the box to, to to set up the goal and, and yeah, he's, he's clearly full of confidence clearly part of, of that Brazil squad and, and looks like he will be a part of of the squad that goes to Qatar Is there time for Joe Linton to get in there? I mean, possibly not but there's a lot of a lot of midfielders in the Brazil squad but if you ask a lot of Newcastle fans would they rather see Fred or Joe Linton in the Brazil midfield you'd have thought, you know, there's no comparison there And uh, It's not even a question, is it? It's no. not
2: even a question Fantastic stuff Right then Anything else to write, <laughs> anything else to talk about before we move on?
1: Well, I'll just say, having missed last week's pod, I'll just say very, very briefly that I did watch the Everton match uh, before before I went, and I think I maybe agreed with something you said on, on Twitter, Taylor, but that, you know, we have to put in perspective things a little bit. Newcastle are 14th in the table. It was a, an astonishing run that took them there from the position they were in. Yes, Everton was very, very disappointing, and it was a horrible way to come into the international break but really it should just sort of I think it should just reiterate what a fine perform. Uh, you know what a fine 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 run um it was that took them there really the fact that people are so sort of that you know they were so sort of angry and disappointed after that match um you know they're not safe there yet they're not there yet but um they put themselves into a fantastic position and although that was yeah that was a bit of a blow um you know it's been a brilliant run
2: it really has, and I mean, it it is a shame that it's been slightly negative on on social media since since the Everton game. It's 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 almost like we needed another game of football to happen straight away for us to to to, to renew that positivity. We've had that that two week break now, and and hopefully when they go into the Spurs game, which we'll be talking about in a minute, though, there might be a renewed sense of optimism there, Chris. They've they've got themselves in a better position, and it could be that you know Newcastle come back refreshed from Dubai and and ready to take on the the next set of fixtures.
0: Yeah, I think it just felt like everyone needed. I think we all needed a break from from, oh, from and I good, playing for yeah. a little bit. And obviously, the players and the staff did, but I also think it was an intense run of fixtures over an intense period of time over the course of the last few months. It's just about every single game having so much riding on it, and I think emotional energy that had been extend, expended by supporters as much as anyone else, and maybe a lot of that came out after that Everton game because there was a lot of frustration, and I understand that because... it. Could, although I agree with everything that you guys have said, I think also we got we got drawn into that sort of false sense of security we've had previously in Newcastle, where as soon as you think you, you can start to get high, and and that Everton team, Newcastle could and should have gone there, and if they'd shown the form that they had in the weeks beforehand, could and should have won at Everton. I think Everton were, were poor throughout as well. I didn't think that Everton really deserved to win. I thought neither team really deserved to win. So hopefully, yeah, after this sort of two and a half weeks off, yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be something. Special again at Spurs, but we shall chat about that in a second.
2: Got to just say as well, well done to the fans and the money they spent and the miles that they did over that couple of weeks. I mean, the, the amount of away games that came one after the other, we had Thomas concannon on talking about the schedule and all that and, and about the, the, the cost and the sacrifice that fans make to go and do that. It's just, it's astonishing. Every single away end sold out you know, you have to take your hat off to them. You know, I, I, I honestly don't know how they do it, but it's it's amazing. And they always make a racket and they always, you know, represent the club in the best way. They're, they're, they're a great bunch of lads and lasses who go to all those away games and I take my hat off to them every single game. They're brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, indeed. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, right then, we'll be back in a second. We'll have a chat about Spurs coming up. Right then, chaps, uh, Newcastle United are going back into Premier League action very soon with a trip to Spurs uh, this Sunday after a successful trip to Dubai, shall we say? Uh, how are we feeling about facing Harry Kane and co? Chris, it's going to be a tough game, isn't it? Whichever way you slice this one, they're a good team, Spurs.
0: It is going to be a tough game, but the, the fact that Newcastle have had this rest, that they have gone to Dubai and, yes, by all accounts... Having spoken to people in and around behind the scenes. It's been another successful trip. Obviously, there was we've, we've said a lot before about why, uh, how and a lot of the other senior staff at Newcastle see the, the Jeddah trip as having been very significant. There was a similar sort of of uh, feeling to to this sort of trip. The first couple of days they were there and they did sort of social activities together, a lot of team bonding, um meals out and, and the like. And then they've done some some hard training sessions in the heat and, and, and finished with a with game where they won 5-0 in a 60-minute friendly against Stephen Taylor's uh, local side, which was, uh, which was, I know, Stephen Taylor manager. I mean, that was bizarre, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dwight Gale even scored twice. Dwight Gale, do you remember him? Um, he... Who?
2: <laughs> Never heard of him.
0: He scored twice, as did Alan St-Maxman, and Big Joe got the the other one. So it's good to see that the Big Joe hopefully is is still recovering from his injury as well. But did you just call him the Big Joe? Did I, I don't know. Maybe I did. But you just called him the
2: Big Joe, haven't you? That's new.
0: That, that could be his new name. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: The Big Joe. <laughs> the Big Joe. Um... <laughs> But yeah, that so so in terms of in terms of the trip, I think Eddie Howe is very pleased with what's happened there. We've already mentioned the, the potential injury concerns and the fact that some players have been away on it national duty and that may affect their potential involvement, although I can't see any way that Chris Wood wouldn't start regardless at, at 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 Spurs. I think he's the one who would come straight back in into the team. And I do think the cast have no duty. What I hope is that and I, and I sort of wrote about, about him the last few days as well, is that on Maximan this this Two weeks have been really important for him. He hadn't trained very much at all going into the Chelsea and, and Everton games. He played trained twice in four weeks. He's had a decent block to be able to get physically ready again, to get reintegrated back in into the side, and hopefully he can, he can bring more to the team because as impressive as Newcastle were for most of that nine-game run... When they didn't have Sam Maximan, they still lacked a lot in attack, and obviously they still don't have Callum Wilson quite ready yet. Although him and Q and are hopefully making progress, so I think that I think it's a very it's a tough game on Sunday. It really will be a tough game, but I also think Newcastle will go there and fancy their chances to an extent because I certainly think on the counter attack, if you've got on Sam Maximan fit, then they should be able to create opportunities. With
2: regards to the defence, George, I mean, we spoke before about Fabian Shea possibly being out and Tottenham put three past West Ham there last time out and absolutely schooled them. They've got some amazing attacking talent in that Spurs team. You've got to be worried if there's a makeshift Newcastle defence facing up against Kane and Son and, and Lucas Moura and the rest of them, haven't you?
1: Yeah, Kane, I think Kane's got something like eight in his last nine games for, for club and country, which is, you know, he's banging in form. They're a fascinating team. I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to be in the away end for this match. I'm really looking forward to it because I've not been to that stadium before. And, you know, they're a a sort of weird team. They're a team who've lost to Southampton and Wolves, then beat Man City, then lost to Burnley, then thrashed Leeds, then went out of the FA Cup to Borough. And then they've had a, you know, they've had a two or three really good results in a row, so they're sort of in form. I agree with Chris though that, you know, the the away trip for Newcastle last time, sorry, the the warm weather trip really did have a positive effect on the team. It galvanised everyone there. They haven't had the distraction of the transfer window this time, and you know, it, it it is an opportunity. And I think that you know Newcastle, the great thing about watching Newcastle at the moment is that they're causing problems for other teams so even when they're not winning they didn't you know they didn't beat Chelsea they lost to Chelsea in sort of uh, you know very very sort of disheartening fashion right at the end but they caused Chelsea problems they will cause Everton you know they caused Everton problems and they've done that throughout this run so yeah at the back there would be there would be a few concerns although I suppose the other thing to say is that one of the great strengths of the squad in the last few weeks has been that when important players have gone out of the team Others have kind of come in and equipped themselves well. So, I guess we have to, you know, maybe we should stop thinking about the team in that in that respect. Because without Saint Maximan Wilson, they've shown they can win games. But yeah, it's a big test, it's a big challenge, but they shouldn't be um, they shouldn't be overawed by by any of it. Speaking of Harry
2: Kane as well, and obviously the transfer chat's going to continue about him throughout the summer, isn't it? It, it seems like every summer now we have a potential. Uh, A new potential suitor for Harry Kane. Um, Alan from work. You know Alan from work, don't you, George? Uh, he's been writing all about being a big money striker and apparently uh, with inflation taken into account his 15 million pound transfer to Newcastle <laughs> United would be worth some, somewhere near 222 million pounds in today's money still a bargain that isn't it still a bargain George
1: yes I asked him about this so I helped him with this piece it was it's a, it was you know it's a kind of funny uh funny piece really sort of research what yeah what 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 sort of British transfer records would be worth now if you add inflation and all the rest of it? And it's uh, not, not according to achievement. It's really just according to inflation. And he would be, he would still be way, way, way at the top of the list. I mean, he said, you know, he said, would I be worth that? It was like, well, if I was 24, 25, 26, I'd still bang a few in. I'd bang a few in. So he wasn't selling, he wasn't <laughs> selling himself short. I'm not down I that. mean, it is a phenomenal amount of money, but it, it does make you remember how big that felt you know back in 1996 15 million quid Newcastle setting a transfer record i mean it was astonishing i mean it was just, it felt astonishing at the time um but of course it feel it's you know it's peanuts now it's pennies it's absolute pennies um but it it, it does give you a sort of sense of how big a deal Shearer to Newcastle was back then um the thing I love about Shearer, you know, the way he said was that he just loved it. He loved having that tag. Um, he he thought it was fantastic. He thought it was brilliant. He wanted it. He loved it. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to, to lose that tag. And it never weighed on him. It was the opposite. And, um, yeah. And I think he said that for, one of the kind of interesting things he said was that he, he never felt that thing about you only being as good as your last game. He always felt you're only as good as your next game, which is what always pushed him to do more, to try harder, to do more and more. Um, and it was just an interesting little kind of twist on the old cliche.
2: Yeah, I mean, a price tag like that, Chris, and all of the pressure that comes with it, that could be a, it could be an albatross for some players, couldn't it? It could be a real problem for them. They could really struggle to live up to it, the pressure that comes with it. But Shearer seemed to revel in it, didn't he?
0: He did, and I mean that sort of. You look at it now, and it would be a world record transfer now, if even even in the, in, in these circumstances. But actually, it isn't published right at this very moment we're recording. It may well be by the time the podcast's out. But we've also, beyond the the piece that's been published this morning, looks at the, the biggest transfers in general in Premier League history. I've looked specifically at Newcastle United and how they have, have have gone by inflation, and that's an interesting list and is worth is worth looking at. Those they will be listed within the piece. Itself, but it's the cost of the cost of Marcelino, which I think will, will, will stagger a lot of people. You're talking High about yes, you're talking a close to 50 million pounds centre back in Marcelino for not very much return. And if you if you compare him to Alan Shearer, Alan Shearer might be worth four times as much, but I think it gave innumerable amounts more to Newcastle United than Marcelino <laughs> might have given for that. I wonder how his finger is. I wonder how his fingers are <laughs> right now. Well, exactly, Jesus. exactly. in the top, the top four are all strikers, I believe. But there are some defenders who make the top 10. But it's also, it shows a lot about the Meg Ashley era because the I think all of the top 10 are pre-Meg Ashley or certainly outside of the Meg Ashley era. So a lot of them, it shows the sort of ambition during the Sir John Hall, Freddie Shepard times. Um, and although some of those transfers didn't necessarily work out, it also showed that they were willing to invest uh, unlike the Meg Ashley era. That'll come as a surprise to absolutely nobody. So, Yeah. <laughs>
2: Get on The Athletic and have a look at that when it drops. We did mention Alan St-Maximin before, Chris, and I feel like we have a chat about him like every other week at the moment. We we constantly sort of dip in and out of the St-Maximin story, don't we? Chris, you've had a bit of a dive into his career so far, haven't you, on The Athletic and the, the French... They don't really rate him, do they? The, the comments kind of uh, about him are that you know he's uh, they know he's gifted, but they they see him as being a sort of selfish footballer or whatever. Um, but of course, you know the French they didn't like Cantona or David Ginola either, and we saw what they did in their careers. It's an interesting moment to Maxman, isn't it?
0: It is. I mean, the caveat to because a lot of a lot of people. Certainly a lot of Newcastle fans will look at what Sam Maximan does when he's at his very best for Newcastle and think, well, why isn't he play on the national stage? But then you look at the French squad and you look at the attack and resources they have. And yeah. he, oh, I worked out that in terms of if you include players who Deschamps, Didier Deschamps, the French head coach, has actually called up over the course of the last few years... He may be seventeenth at best in terms of in line to be a French forward. That's how many they have. Wow. If you just look at this, beyond Mbappe, you've got Giroud, you've got Benzema, to Marcus um so many players across across Europe. Some who haven't even been capped Griezmann. as well, like like some myself, Griezmann. Yeah, Griezmann, um, benyada yeah. Benyatta, so so there there is a lot of competition there. And speaking to a lot of people who who sort of follow the French national team or are involved with it, including. Uh, the one of the coaches who coached Sam Maxman at an under 20 level basically a lot of the feedback comes back which is similar to, to the sort of feedback is you you quite often have get which is which is basically perennially followed Sam Maxman throughout his career and it's the two issues that were sort of being raised before a end product does he do it often enough I think that there have been periods over the course of the last 18 months where he has done it a lot more often and he still is crucial to Newcastle but it's still, it'd be still nice for him to do it even more regularly to retake that step up and then the other one is his work off the ball can he work in a team structure uh, and also can he work as a, there was, was it a lot of the sort of uh, French reporters were speaking to, say that they kept on talking about the collective and they're talking about Sam Maximan not being so much a collective player. Now, under Eddie Howe in Newcastle, if he's going to play regularly, he's going to be successful. Eddie Howe has talked so much about that, that that, that no player can just operate of their own accord. And Callum Wilson, when he spoke to Alan Shearer at the start of the season, said the same, that he has these conversations with Sam Maximan and basically has said to him, uh, don't beat the man a second time. If you get past him, get the ball in the box. And we have seen progression from Sam Maximan in that regard. But uh, there is still more to come from him, and he's still building that relationship with Eddie Howe. I still think there's a bit of give and take there in terms of how the two of them work together. All this stuff about them having fallen out was, was nonsense over the course of the last few weeks, but equally... Steve Bruce, one person said to me, to an extent, quote unquote, indulged Sam Maximan, and that's been taken to some people as a negative, but equally he got more out of Sam Maximan than than a lot of previous coaches have done. And 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 Eddie Howe's had a bit of give and take. He let him go back to Monaco to see a physio, who he trusted a few weeks ago, to try and to try and extract more. And so hopefully that want that Sam Maximan has to play for France. He says that it drives, and we've spoken about it before. He even had a Amazon Prime documentary followed him around before the Tokyo Olympics because he was determined to go to the Tokyo Olympics and thought that he could make it. Didn't happen in the end. But he has that desire to get to France. It's a someone described it to me as a carrot that Eddie Howe can use to try and extract more from him. And the Qatar World Cup's probably not going to happen for him. He may even have to wait for Didier Deschamps to go before someone else was to select him. But as if he performs consistently and regularly for Newcastle, that's the only opportunity he's going to have to start playing regularly for France.
2: And the uh, journalist at France Football, Christophe Larcher, he said, uh, George, he said, we don't talk about Saint-Maximin as a top player here. We know he's very gifted. But he is seen as selfish and not intelligent on the ball. Is that slightly unfair, maybe, towards Saint Maximin, or or do you think uh, do you think the French have got a particular view of him, and that's not going to change?
1: Well, I think I think as Chris mentioned, that's possibly reflective of the talents France have at their disposal. You know, and let's you know let's face it. Since he's been at Newcastle, he's been playing in a in a team that's been struggling for a lot of the time in the Premier League, either near the foot of it or just struggling. Full stop. Struggling. Uh, for possession, he's you know he's done some incredible things. Newcastle have been too reliant on him. I mean, I think that's the case. We love him. We want him to be the player that he can be here. He has not. We, but Newcastle have not given him a great springboard. I think we have to recognise that too. At the same time, I agree with everything that, that Chris has said. Um, you know, I got i I ended up in sort of several arguments on Twitter after the tro- Chelsea game when I talked about him not providing the team with the energy they needed when he came on in that match. And one of the sort of real features over the past few games has been how much Newcastle have pressed off the ball. They've been pressing teams. They've been playing a very high line. To do that, everybody has to, you know, everybody has to buy into it. Almiron works very well in that kind of system because he's just got that energy. He's willing to run absolutely all the time. But you can't have someone then appearing who isn't prepared to move or move enough and so yeah, the the challenge for Howe, the challenge for St Maxima is how does that relationship work, what do they do, can Howe get the best out of him, there's no doubt that, I mean it's been really important for Newcastle to win games without him I think, same with Wilson and so he has to fight for his place like everybody else, you know, and um, you know what you want is to see a St Maxima up the pitch Tearing into people, getting around people, causing problems, making the right decisions, but then also doing his bit off the ball too. It doesn't mean he has to do it all the time, but when Newcastle are pressing, he has to join in. And it's not quite it's not quite there yet. It's not quite there yet. But as yeah, to go back to the France football fella, it's you know, it sounds harsh, but um but it's reflective of the talent France have and it's reflective of where St Maximale's been playing.
2: Well, like Chris says, uh, if he wants to get the best out of him, Eddie Howe is a France call up could probably be the, the biggest carrot in Eddie Howe's vegetable drawer, for want of a better expression, is not it? So it's uh It'll so it, have vegetable
0: drawers? Oh like in a fridge. Right? I've got so a vegetable drawer. I thought you meant like as in like you'd have a drawer for your cutlery and then underneath it. No, I just didn't think that through. Sorry everyone.
1: <laughs> I've got like a salad crisper <laughs> and then I've got like a cupboard that I keep like root vegetables in. But keep your potatoes away from your onions. That's a little tip for you. Why is that? I can't remember.
0: Oh, well, that's that's useful. Thanks, George. I Do they not think... get
1: on? <laughs> no, I think I think you've got to keep your onions away <laughs> from your potatoes because your on, your onions make your potatoes go bad quicker. I'm sure I'll be corrected Right. others.
2: You heard that here first, ladies and gents. On pot on the time, potatoes turn onions evil, according to George. <laughs> uh, we'll be back in them in a moment for more green grocery tips. Stay tuned. We've got a few minutes left to round everything up uh, before we finish up, chaps. The women's team. There's been a bit of news this week about the women's team. They're going to be playing at St. James's Park for the first time ever. And they're going to host Barnsley on the 1st of May. Uh, and Apparently, it's uh, it's only £3 to get in as well for that and free for under-16s. It's a fantastic opportunity and a great event for the women's team to be able to play at St. James's Park. And a long time coming as well, isn't it, Chris? Let's be honest. It's uh, This is something that maybe should have happened a long, long time ago.
0: Yeah and I mean as George can expand on in a second he he obviously spoke to Amanda Stavely and she she's been quite keen to 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 stress how important the women's team has been or they see as part of their vision going forward they've met she's met with the women's team her and meadad gadusi individually and together have been to a lot of of their games they actually they play in uh high heaton at the moment that's where the druid park that's where they play the majority of their home games but to, to see them at st james's park hopefully there'll be a good few thousand there to cheer them on and, and i mean they're in they're in excellent form themselves that they're, they're top four points clear at the top of, uh, of the division one of the of the northern section of the women's national league and they hopefully that's the fourth tier I think hopefully they can they can keep up this progress and they can gather the same momentum which seems to be around the rest of the club that you see now more prominence for the women's team on the social media accounts for Newcastle United on their website there's more interviews yeah, and that's exactly what you want going forward you see you see other clubs uh, the likes of Man City what they've done uh, with the women's team you see Arsenal have got a very successful women's team Chelsea and at Newcastle it just hasn't I mean they are they're affiliated with the foundation they haven't even been affiliated fully with the club and so to have that due prominence and to give them that opportunity to play at St James it's wonderful It's going to be the first time but I hope it's the first time of many I hope this isn't just a, a sort of one off and that going forward the the women's team can go from strength to strength
1: Yeah on the when I met uh, Amanda Stavely and Mirdad Gadusi she had in fact just come off a video call with the women's team and uh, talking about sponsorship talking about funding moving that forward saying that she wants the team to get its own sponsorship um, commercial deals sorted out and yeah she spoke she spoke at that point about getting them onto the team they have been an afterthought for the club I think it's fair to say that and it won't be any longer and one of the nice things that she said again she said to me was that you know she kind of wants the men and women's team to be having a bit of a race to to see who can sort of get some tangible achievement first and she was you know very keen for them to be on the pitch um, I'm very keen for them to play at St James's and no, as Chris said it would be the first of uh, you know first of many times and eventually when Newcastle move training grounds the women would be part of the training facility also she talked about them being paid as professionals and so on and so forth really really encouraging I would encourage everyone to get down to St James's on May the 1st I will certainly be doing my best to be there and uh, yeah very exciting that they're top of the league too
2: it is. I remember talking to Colin Locke a few years ago, who was involved in the women's team uh, back when I was speaking to him. I think it was in the sort of mid two thousands when I had a uh, two thousand uh, about two thousand fifteen something like that when I had a chat with him, and it was he was talking about how the the lasses have to pay for their kit fees and they have to pay for pitch fees and everything out of their own pockets, and I was f- absolutely flabbergasted by this and thinking. You know, I can't believe that these lasses get to wear the crest of Newcastle United on their shirt and, you know, they've got the club's colours on and and they still have to pay for their own strips. Um, You know, we did did a bit of sort of fundraising on Twitter and stuff like that and managed to sponsor a player for the year for a strips and stuff like that and it was, it just blew me away that 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 they don't get any kind of support financially or otherwise and it'll be a fantastic occasion when they go and play at St James's Park and I would urge everybody to get out there and, and, and give them a, you know, give them some support like I say, I think it's only going to be £3 to get in, under 16's free, take the kids, uh, it's on a Sunday afternoon, it'll be brilliant, it'll be an absolutely wonderful day out uh, Right then, moving on a little bit uh, under 23's as well, also Playing at St James's Park uh, tonight. This match will probably have happened by the time the podcast goes live. Um, and Tony Keogh, an old boy, has returned for a third spell with the club uh, to help the reserve teams keep us. Chris, is there anybody uh, worth keeping an eye on in the under twenty threes at the minute? Who's uh, making waves? Anyone potentially threatening to break through?
0: Well, Lucas De Ball has been training a lot with the, with the first team. He's been on the bench regularly recently. He's a he's a young midfielder who Eddie Howe's really taken a liking to I mean not actually at the club at the moment but Elliot Anderson was playing across a Carlisle at the weekend unfortunately I couldn't get I would have gone across to, to see him but I was on a stag do on Saturday so I couldn't go across to that oh you're uh, such a lad Chris I know you? I know, I know, you, I know. Were
1: chained, you were chained to a lamppost dereliction post. of duty chained, chained to a lamppost <laughs> in the big market weren't you
0: <laughs> yeah with an inflatable sheep gaffer tape taped to you yeah.
1: yeah and all your pubes shaved off by Manscaped <laughs>
0: Part of it, I was locked in an escape room because aliens had kidnapped me. But uh, I managed to get out with two two minutes forty nine seconds to spare. Not that I counted. Don't do drugs, kids. Seriously, yeah, yeah. Drugs,
1: stick it. stick stick to a couple of pints of the lager next time, Chris. Yeah, I think you're more suited <laughs> to that.
0: So so yeah, Elliot Anderson was was is playing very very well, uh, and we as we mentioned last week, uh, Joey Barton com- comparing him to Diego Maradona, which maybe is a bit stretched too far, a bit of pressure on him. Um, but in terms of Tony Keg, now that is that is an interesting one because um, Newcastle have. Uh, yeah, brought him back. He's 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 moved into to, to taking a role with the academy, sort of head of a, of academy goalkeeping, and it has allowed uh, Newcastle to have a bit of a sort of restructure because uh, Steve Harper obviously is, is is involved in the academy and he's been changing uh, little bits and bobs behind the scenes, looking at what needs to change, restructuring certain elements and. By bringing in Tony Kage, it's basically covered a position which Newcastle have been short on over the last few months because uh, previously Adam Bartlett, who was the lead academy goalkeeping coach is basically now full-time with the first team a lot of clubs now have at least a couple of goalkeeping coaches and obviously Simon Smith remains and will remain as a goalkeeping coach but Adam Barlett is really impressed at Newcastle he's now essentially he is now part of Eddie Howe's first team staff and so Tony Cage has come back someone who Steve Harbaugh obviously knew, knows well played with during his time at the club he'd been up in uh, in, in Scotland with, with Dundee United and, and done uh, well up there and he's, he's obviously been across at Carlisle for various years so he a yeah, cake coming in just gives them uh, that that bolstering of the, of the of the academy goalkeeping structure and, and and hopefully again just showing that Newcastle are not it's not just the first team or even the women's team that's being um uh, expanded and, and and new positions being created it's in the academy as well when Newcastle are making sure they have enough staff members and are making sure they are covered in all these departments
2: Outstanding. Uh, and finally, just before we start wrapping up, George, uh, Paul Wollstone as well, former Newcastle United Reserve and Man United player, uh, goalkeeper has retired with persistent injury problems, uh, but it does sound like Man United will be offering him plenty of help to adjusting to life after playing, which is, uh, to their credit, spells at Gateshead, Darlington, Blythe, Spartans, South Shields, uh, capped by England under-18s as well. It's a shame for, for Paul, isn't it? But a, a, a half-decent career there, be under his belt.
1: Well, very sad, yeah, very sad. Um, talking of uh, Simon Smith, he, I think, he gave a nice tribute to him when this news broke, saying he worked very hard with him. Yeah, he was third choice for a little time under under Rafa, under Rafa, but uh, and then moved on to Manu. He was a Sunderland Sunderland fan. Uh, he went on loan to South Shields, I think. I'm right in saying, Chris, when he was at Newcastle, but um, but obviously, yeah, didn't really sort of make it here, and yeah, that's a very very early age to have to retire. So. Um, wish him all the best.
2: Right, then, chaps. Any other business to wrap up before we finish?
1: Well, just that uh, international breaks are shit, aren't they? I mean, I've been away, so yeah, I can't complain. Absolute bollocks! Absolute week. bollocks.
2: I like international football as a rule generally, but at the minute, the know. way things are at the minute, the way the league sits, and the way the Newcastle have played in, in recent weeks, I, I, this is the last thing I wanted.
0: Mm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. No. Everybody
1: was tired after Everton. I think. I think you could see that. I mean, in, around the team and the club, it was like it was so intense. But yeah, come on, let's bring it. Up. Let's bring it on.
0: Oh. Taylor, just 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 before we finish, one question for you. Did you prefer last week when it was just me and you, or do you prefer when it's a trio? What do you what do you prefer? Uh, I don't know. Be if very you know. careful here. <laughs> um, it was it, it 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 was different, Chris.
2: Um, it was it was nice. It was different. It was new. Um, it was all right for a holiday, but I don't know if I'd want to live there. You know what I mean? Well, right,
0: all right, well, nice. okay. I'll remember, I'll remember that. I'll remember that. <laughs> wow.
1: Living in Christmas.
2: <laughs> oh, Chris! It was weird because me and Chris were being really nice to each other on last week's podcast, and like you know, dead chummy and pally and that. And then George comes back, and it all goes out the window, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> Ugh, you know, you need a bit of spark. You need a bit of lead in your pencil. You need a, anger is an energy. I've always thought that.
2: Absolutely, yeah, and 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 you are, you know, let's be honest, you have that energy in you, don't you, George? Oh, I do. Absolutely. Right. Fantastic stuff, chaps. Thank you very much uh, for your time and thank you out there, dear listeners. Uh, Don't forget, uh, we've got a special offer on at the minute and you can get a subscription to The Athletic for your first six months at just £1 a month at theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod. And if that's not good value, then I don't know. What is So get yourself on theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle Pod and check out that offer right now. George, what do you want to say? You've well, got just your this very
1: this very last thing. I saw you say on Twitter that apparently we're massive in Spain. So can you A, explain that, and B, don't you think you should sign off in Spanish for our new listeners?
2: I would sign off in Spanish, but I don't speak any Spanish beyond dos cervezas por so favor. So por
1: favor, yeah, okay, we all know that one, yeah. Um,
2: hasta la vista, is that Spanish? I'll do, yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. something like that um but yeah we are we are huge in spain lads huge we are at the moment we we, we are the 28th most popular podcast in spain wow uh, about football which is right. when you think come on spain is a massive football country isn't it yeah i don't think that's bad going let's be honest
1: it's great it's incredible i can't think why can't think what the connection is no idea we haven't got. Have we got any Spanish players? We haven't, have
0: we? No, they like, but they like pork-based products, and so they like listen to me talking about them. stuff. So. oh,
1: jamón, the king of jamón, uh, right. Christopher. What's
2: happened is, I think the Google uh, algorithms picked up Chris talking about chorizo at some point, and we've oh, ended up, we've ended up climbing the charts.
1: It always comes <laughs> back to meat. This podcast doesn't it, in one way, shape, or form.
2: Uh, and Leah, listen out for the next manscaped ad. Exactly, if you <laughs> if that's what you're interested in. Uh, anyway. Thanks very much, chaps. It's been great. Thanks a lot and welcome back, George. I uh, hope it's been all right. Uh, and we shall speak to you a lot very soon. Look after yourselves out there and we'll see you on the other side of Spurs. Goodbye.
1: Goal! Are you still going? he's still going? 20 minutes late, I'm going...
3: athletic